I can't drink this Kool-Aid either. Cause like Lynn said, like, I just tell the truth and I just tell how I feel. And I'm so proud of so many people who are making it work. In my experience, it wasn't working. Maybe one day it will work. I, that would be great. But for now, I'm having the greatest time doing all the other stuff. And that is okay. Hi, everybody. Um, this is Lynn Maxellini. I'm here with my co-host, Don Bouvet. And we are here with Brandy Hofer today. And just, you know, for video watchers, it is a Saturday and we are all like in our painting clothes or our yard work clothes. And we're so excited to have Brandy on the podcast. <laughs> Thank <laughs> because... you for having me. I'm really excited too. Yeah. And um, true fact, I did a lot of binge listening to her podcast. She has a podcast called Color Me Happy. And it is really good. And she talks about some awesome things, one of which is manifesting and just lots of life stuff. Um, I was listening to an episode um, earlier today um, that she was talking with uh, another reporter from her area, and they were talking about life and, you know, how much their grandparents mean to them and all these wonderful, great things. Plus, um, I'm rambling a little bit, but Brandy also has several courses um, that are available because um, she's teaching um, portraiture and how to do murals. Um, she's a professional artist for many years and she's doing this full time and she also paints with her kids and I can't wait to hear about that. And yeah, Brandy, take it away. Yeah, sure. Um, like you said, uh, I'm an artist um, and I'll talk about like how it shifted into so much more than that uh, in the last few years. But I am a Canadian artist. I have an in-home studio with my three children. They And I started um, incorporating their mark making and their techniques into my own work when my first son, Gus, was um, two. So... Um, and then all of them get in there. It's a bit harder with the third, to be honest. Gus had his own collection and it was a 44 piece portrait series of like parents and people in our area. They came in like post and then Gus and I created it together um, while my second son, Finn, napped. So because babies nap all the time and we couldn't leave. So because we did like sleep training. So he was in here. And so we were just like let's paint and we just all day all night because we would have a nap break together which was so great and um a new nap i miss those new naps three <laughs> uh but like i needed them because that's how i painted at night right there no matter what i would fit in studio time with my son and alone so that collection the gus uh series and collection traveled to three places across Canada. It was an interactive installation. So like kids running around, there's like more than a hundred people at one of the openings. And we had like suckers tied to balloons, like not your typical art opening, <laughs> like ride along tractors. It was like, it was fun and amazing. And 
I'll never do it again, but it was a very precious moment in time. And uh, the artwork reflected that. And that just like opened the door to so many things. Um, and then I created another, my second son Finn is like a, a real, like he's just like a living and breathing. I don't know if he was in a past life, an artist or what, but he created this really bold work. Like Gus kind of just like was playing and went along with me and he's like, let's draw a T-Rex. I'm like, okay. So like a T-Rex would be eating the portrait. Like it was cool. And then the my second son, just like, I'm kind of afraid of black and he wasn't and mm. like these incredible abstract pieces. And I started out as an abstract artist. So I was like, how can I present these to the public? So we actually ended up um, making them into geometric shapes, like really complex shapes to frame, by the way, like really challenging and cover them in epoxy. And they like sit off the wall like this much. And they're absolutely stunning. You have to see them in person to appreciate them. And Teddy is just like, He's my third, full of life, and he didn't get his own collection. I was, like, planning it, and then by the time every life rolled around, I was just like, I can't, no. And <laughs> actually, my practice shifted quite a bit um, because um, right before COVID happened, I had a um, mentorship uh, session with my art consultant, Penny Lynch, and and she is amazing and she runs Days and Confucius. And I recommend that if you're like manifesting or wanting to grow or wanting to expand like coaches or reaching out to people who are doing something that you want to do is like a really good place to start. Um, like the best place to start. And I always say, and this is a chapter in my book, is jealousy isn't a bad word. It's just, it's telling you something that you want to do. Like, and that person is showing you how to get there. Your path will never look or be the same, but the, it's it's like when I wrote the book, I was I was jealous of my neighbor Jeff for writing a book. He's a best-selling author, and it was so funny because I was like, "Why am I jealous of Jeff?" Like I'm an artist at home in the midst of parenthood, like the throes of parenthood the thick of it and why am I jealous about someone being successful at writing their first book? It's so strange. Um, mm -hmm. And then a year and a half later I had sat up in a massage and I was like, I know the title of my book. And she's like, what? <laughs> I was like naked. And she's, I'm just like, I have to make a voice memo. I know this is weird. I know. And uh, it just like came to me at that moment of like breast and and you have to fit those into your everyday because those are the moments, the pausing, the breathing, the like quiet um, will tell you where to go next. But so anyway, I was meeting with Penny Lane and she's like, I don't know what's happening with the art world right now. And she kind of predicted it, which was she's very good at what she does. She's like, stop applying to galleries. You're already in three galleries. I'm not sure what you're doing. Why you're she's like let's just like focus on your website. And at that time I was offering like prints and original artwork basically, and then selling through my galleries. And so custom artwork I also offered. 
And so I launched these collections and I put myself out there that I offer custom artwork, which I also offer that class now, but it worked. It worked way too well. Um, and there's a lesson, there's so many lessons in what happened in that year. Um, but by the end of the year, it was December 24th, Christmas Eve, and I was still working on custom art, like totally burnt out, mm. not like, and so then you go through tax season and you're like, wow, all that energy, best year ever, wasn't worth it in my mind. And I'm totally like drained of any sort of urge to paint at all or make portraiture because it was portraiture. They're like, oh, we love your portraits. They're so colorful. They're so fun. They're so, you know, and like keeping all everything I did to myself, keeping my technique to myself, like very closed off and like, I can do this and I'm the only one who can do this. Before I started the art queens, before I started reading self-help, before I started reading any sort of like money uh, manifesting books and stuff like that. And I was just like, this is my talent and I won't share it with anyone. I, I only want clients to come to me. And it's such, now I can see where I was sitting and now I can see like why, like it just doesn't work. Like that sort of scarcity, fear-based mindset. Mm -hmm. um, it, it is not doing anyone any favors because there is enough for everyone. And it's, it's kind of, Jensen Chero says this, but it's who you have to become in order to. And then she says that in uh, You're a Badass at Making Money, which was my first money manifesting sort of book. And I was like hiding it and ashamed to like read it. If I was like outside, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, someone's coming <laughs> away here. How dare I even like say that I want money or like it's just like. I, I had a lot of growing to do. And, and so I, I, I sat with my studio manager um, and we just hashed things out and it's very, it's, a, this is like a long, long story short. And, and uh, like people messaging me, like, I think we should do a podcast together and like things like that. And like little, the universe, like, shoving things in my face. And so starting to write the book, just making that decision, starting the podcast, uh, selling prints on Amazon, um, doing a whole, like ba basically throwing a bunch of spaghetti at the wall to see what stuck. Um, trying to sell uh, like specialty boxes. And like, I tried so many things um, to set up like a, a diversified income stream because I was meeting with mastermind groups. Shannon Amy was running one and she invited me just for, she was like uh, building her portfolio. So um, she invited me to one of hers and she kind of curated her selection of artists. So she's like, she said to me in the midst of me like painting up a storm, I'm like, I have 11 orders this month. And she's like, is that sustainable? I'm like, sure it is. I have all the energy in the world. Mm -hmm. she was like super right and so she came on the podcast and we talked about it and and but you don't know when you're in it like I can say that with foresight and uh learning from that experience and most of the time people have to 
in order to learn, they have to go through it. And I'm one of those people. So some of those things that I did didn't work. Um, Some things grow over time. So the podcast is like, we're almost at our 100th episode. And now I'm just uh, like, it was, it's not, it wasn't about money, obviously, because I didn't make, I haven't made any yet, but um, it's about connecting with people and the energy you're putting into the world. So then recently my friend started his own um, ad company and never discount your local community. And I can talk about that more and reflect on it later. But he started his own uh, thing and he's like, would you like me to sell ads for your podcast? And we can talk about, so, you know, five meetings later and whatever. So they're just starting to pick up now. So then my podcast is another way that I can support my business structure and um, expand on, like, it makes sense when I'm an author and an educator and, uh, you know, and when you want to meet someone who you, who you are jealous of Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the best word, or someone you just like want to connect with or have a really nice organic conversation. Like it is the greatest, it's one of the greatest gifts. Um, And I love social media and I love um, these different ways we can connect now with other artists, because if you're struggling and you don't know how to do something, you can figure it out through online education. Mm -hmm. Um, And that, sorry, this is like the biggest long winded introduction of all time. (laughs) Uh, and so I just throw it all down. Um, (laughs) then the, through the evolution of selling art and meeting with Penny Lane and, and Penny Lane is fantastic. She's a really uh, solid person in the art world. So I don't want to discount her value in any way, but I was growing in a different way. And our last session Um, so what she said worked, I changed my prices. I hired someone to update my website, uh, you know, investing myself to grow, continually investing, stopping selling prints on Amazon. That didn't fucking work. (laughs) It was way too competitive for like giant companies. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm selling specialty art prints. So, uh, you know, and learning along the way. And I said, I want to like have my art as like bonuses. I want like steady, passive and sustainable income. Like I want to count on something. I can't sit in this place of like, will I sell art this month? Maybe, (laughs) you know, I I always know custom art will be there. And as soon as I put up anything with custom art, it's like, so many orders so i only take on very few clients um in that realm so which is great i still love those and i still love creating those for people but i just couldn't do it anymore in my heart of hearts i knew that it was just sucking all my magic and your magic isn't like an uh filling well that is just like always there it drains so you have to do things in order to fill it back up. And it took me probably almost two years before I started wanting to do those projects again and do them for me. And I'm just starting to um, reconnect to um, portraiture once again. So 
Um, and, and Penny Lane's like, she knows so many successful artists that are doing fine. Right. And I'm like, no, it's just not, that's not what I'm choosing to do. It's just like, I can go to New York and I can exhibit and I can do these things. I know that, but I want, I enjoy teaching, which is, was a big surprise. And I, and people are resonating with it. I finally shared my technique and I finally, it was the most rewarding, beautiful experience of my whole entire life. And that's, if I had anything um, to describe that has gone viral would be my portrait class. Um, and so that came out of that season of like me hoarding everything to myself. And then my friend, Kristen, who's a very talented photographer came over one day. She said, can Ruby come to your house for her birthday? And draw with you. And I was like, sure. I don't really do one-on-ones because I, my kids are here and it's nuts and they're nuts, but I love you so much. She's like, I'll pay you. And I was like, absolutely not. So this was like a beautiful exchange of energy. And that morning I texted Chris and I said, why don't you and Ruby come over? And she was like, oh, sure. That's fun. And little did I know that Kristen went to art school. And she became a photographer because she had a terrible experience with a professor who told her or uh, accused her of um, uh, cheating and not doing her final assignment and that someone else had created it. So she quit being an artist and became a photographer because of this one terrible experience. And then something about that day in the studio, uh, it was on a Friday and they kept sending me progress shots of their work. And I was like, this is incredible. I can show people this and it feels good. I'm not scared about showing people. This is beautiful. And they kept, they're like, they're, I've shared them. There's a lot of photos of it in our portrait class in the like, just in the description page. I was like, these are incredible. And will you guys come back next week? Have you ever done video? And she's like, I've done a little. And I was like, I minored in videography. So I'm like, I know enough. We can put a class together. Like, I think this, and then it was just like pure magic, making it with all her girls. And then it was, it was just like, people can feel that people can resonate Mm -hmm. with that. So I became really good during the season of burnout at portraiture, developed this technique, and now I get to share it. And then it's just like snowballed from there. But what I had to do was come out of that place of of keeping it all in and continually listening to self-help, writing the book that I needed to read. And um, now I'm doing, I'm working on a 3,000 foot uh, square foot mural project uh, in like a month and a week, which (laughs) totally afraid but we're doing it anyways. And we've been working on it for two years. So that just goes back to like, never discount your local community. They support you the most. They believe in you. They want you to succeed. Um, so yeah, any questions about what just said? <laughs> There's so much there, Brandy. Um, I was thinking, um, you know, because you were talking about the custom artwork and I think you said it but I'm not sure, but it was more than a hundred pieces of custom portraiture. So you really need to get the likeness for those clients. And so I can understand why that would be really, really draining because it's so precise that work. Yeah. Um, I've um, never had anyone like, I'm never going to say never, but like 
rarely has there, I think it's like one or two in the thousands of pieces of art I've created. So it was at over 130 in that one year. And um, they're really happy. Like they're just really happy. So I never want to say that like it was a bad thing because it wasn't. It was mm -hmm. still a beautiful experience. I just burnt myself out and I learned so many huge life lessons and uh, lessons as a creative, like, and, and that I can share with people like that built my client base. Right. And we mm -hmm. all know what I teach us in the custom artwork class is that your return customer is your best customer. I yeah. still, the other day, I just finished one of a return client from that season. Hmm. So yeah, it's, cool. it's, they believe in you and they want you to succeed. And, and they're the ones that open your emails. They're the ones that watch you on Instagram or TikTok or wherever you're posting. Like they're your dream client and they are there for you. And if you haven't found them yet, they're out there and you can write them down. You can see yourself, you close your eyes, you can meditate on it. You can see yourself interacting with them. It's, such a powerful thing to say things first of all you have to want something then you can write it down then you can talk to people about it um i process things a lot with my studio manager and my sister i enjoyed creating this really big last summer this big custom artwork and i literally said to my sister i love this project it was really fun i could do some more of these this year and one week later I got a email from a designer in Texas and we all get these emails and we're like, is this person real? <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. But then she booked it through my online booking system and she booked uh, me in for a $9,000 piece of artwork. Like watch what you say, watch your mouth. It's a powerful so if you're saying, I'm not sure if I'm good enough or I don't know what I'm doing, just like be careful mm -hmm. because, you know, anything that comes out of your mouth, anything that you're thinking, um, just and if it is fearful, try to try to write it out, try to work through it. Like, why am I feeling this way? Why do I feel not good enough? Um, you know, and, um, you know, all this came, though, really from like, it's not just like I just like was like, I'm going to do a bunch of custom art this year. And my art uh, consultant said I should. I had been doing it for like 12 years already. <laughs> so this is years of like leading up to um, things, things happening. You're in your season of life where you're meant to be. And we're always continuously learning. And um, there's something to take away from each and every one of those it all works together in this really cool way. And if you believe that it's working for you, it does because mm -hmm. it is, you just have to kind of just like sit in the place of that person that you can, that the person who you became and, and just be like, wow, that was cool. And that, is, that came from that experience and just like, bask in the glory of it all and like you said i just spoke to heather like she, our town is thirty thousand people and it's her like dream job like just a person a really kind person who's sitting in like gratitude like i'm a radio person and this is where i want to be and this is like she's just happy as a clam and all the community events like just it 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 
all the stuff out there is right about gratitude. As much as people want to be like, that is such a load of shit. It's not. Mm -hmm. Right? It's not. I know so many credible women who are just like making it work through the power of manifestation. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk to you about the fact that you said you tried all these different things Did you ever think you liked painting murals? Because, I mean, I I am going to do a little mural for the local school here coming up. I've never painted a mural. I believe I can do it. I'm educating myself on the process. Yeah. It is kind of scary. It is scary because the materials are kind of perplexing a little bit. Um, are you doing an interior or exterior? Exterior. Exterior. Yeah, it is a little complex and the learning Mm -hmm. curve is, um, you're like, uh, if I don't do it right, it's going to come off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they'll be mad at me and make me repaint it probably. Um, yeah. We have a friend that does epoxy floors. So he said that he would come and epoxy over the mural. (laughs) So. Because like it's going to be on the playground. Where do you live? Ohio. I don't know anything about Ohio. Is Does it get cold there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do this not epoxy below, that. Not party below, No. No. <laughs> well, he does driveways and garages, and he's been in business for several years. No, I know. Um, you don't, don't think? No. You don't need to. Epoxy is expensive, too. Uh, even if he's, uh, in my experience with, it, like, I'm not saying I know everything about epoxy, but I've done uh-huh. like 50 pieces with epoxy. So I, I can't, and we own a hardware store. So, uh, or home supply center. I just call it the wood shop. It's yeah. not though. Oh. <laughs> he's just going to a wood conference to learn more about wood. I'm not sure. <laughs> Next time, if he's going somewhere cool, I'll go with him. No. Uh, yeah. So, so that I would just, um, for exterior, what do you know the surface of the exterior wall? I believe it's concrete. Okay. Concrete. Yeah. So, um, all you have to do is prep and prime it. So you preparation, wash the wall. Um, you can just go up with a pressure washer. Um, don't go crazy because sometimes things come off. So stand yeah. kind of far away. Uh, even put a mild dish soap in there, like nothing nuts. And then you um, you have to let that dry at least for 24 to 48 hours. Then you come on with a uh, primer. Mm-hmm. And then you can use an exterior paint. Um, a lot of muralists don't even go past that point. Mm. They're like, eh, it's good for 10 years. I'm fine with that. So up to you. Okay. Uh, depending on um, how into murals you want to get and how much you're building your portfolio and um, how long you want it to last. So you there's a new product out there and you can get it more readily in the States. I'm trying to get it in Canada. Uh, it's just hard, but it's like a graffiti proof anti-graffiti and you only need one or two coats of the anti-graffiti and that will weatherproof and make it last longer. And if someone graffitis it, you can get it off with a pressure washer mm. and then redo the graffiti coat. So it's pretty cool. 
Um, another solution, if you can't get your hands on that, cause it is like $159 or something like that, $200 for a five gallon pail. Uh, you can, and I know this, I went right into it. I know it's confusing for people. Sorry. Uh, so, or you can do two isolation coats. Golden has like a varnishing and I have this all in my course too. Golden has this, um, uh, it's called isolation coat and they have a varnishing guide. So you do two isolation coats, let them dry in between, and then you varnish it. And then, so the isolation coats protect the exterior paint and then the varnish can be uh, come off if there is graffiti and then you can re-varnish. Um, so that's another way to do that and protect weatherproof and protect your uh, artwork. So, Murals are really great. Uh, the first year I integrated murals, I increased my net prof profits by 394%. I did like seven in one year. My first one was uh, 50 feet by 14 feet. Had no idea what I was doing. Had to figure all that stuff out about like, what do you do on that surface? Mm -hmm. Will it come off? I don't know. Mm -hmm. So lots of talking to hardware stores, lots of talking to the art store. Um, you know, what are... And um, Kevin Lito came on our Color Me Happy podcast and he talked about his learning experience through mural festivals. Um, so learning from other experts in your field, right? Um, and how fun it was and how cool that period of life was for him. Uh, he also told the truth about his experience in the art world, which was really cool. And I resonated with that because he's like, I would make these shows and you, you know, it's you, you travel to like, he's like, I went to Vancouver and I had this big show and this big collection, this big gallery, and I sold like three pieces. And then you come off that show and his work is like incredible. So, you know, it wasn't because his art wasn't good. Like his art is good. Right. And it's just like, He's like doing that over and over and over again and being like minus 5,000, minus 1,000, you know, making a thousand, just like, it's just, and I know, cause I did it for a decade. It's heartbreaking. You're like, I can't, I, I can't do this art world thing anymore. Mm. Right. Like I can't drink this Kool-Aid. I think it's bullshit. Basically. Like he was really honest and I was like, thank you. I can't drink this Kool-Aid either. Cause like Lynn said, like, I just tell the truth and I just tell how I feel. And I'm so proud of so many people who are making it work. In my experience, it wasn't working. Maybe one day it will work. I, that would be great. But for now I'm having the greatest time doing all the other stuff and that is okay. Being a multifaceted creative is okay. Um, yes. The reason I stood in that place for a decade was because people were like, if you educate people, you're not a real artist. That mm. was something I took away from art school. If you share what you're doing, like other people will steal it. If, if you work together, like you can work together, people will sell more art than you, you know, like it was just, oh, it was so toxic. And we all have had these toxic experiences and, and these limiting beliefs and um, whether we learn them or 
you know, I've heard them from someone or, you know, it's just, it's just a bunch of bullshit. I'm not sure if we can swear on your podcast. <laughs> uh, it's a bunch of bullshit. Uh, and I'm not doing it anymore. I mm. feel like 100% it's my own path. And if I can help people support their creativity and their beautiful gift in this life, I will do so. And I will tell them how I did it in hopes that they can, um, you know, take something away from something I've said at one point or time, or like my classes are fairly affordable. Like, you know, in the mm -hmm. coaching world, like those sessions and stuff can get pretty, uh, they're, they can be an investment. Um, but like they're super, and, and I tell you how, <laughs> I tell you exactly how it is, you know? So, um, yeah. Uh, what was I, Kevin Lito. Yeah. So the 394% big project had no idea what I was doing. And I had leaned on my community once more, my local community. I phoned Jill uh, from Red Bicycle Communications, which is a marketing firm in my area. And it's based downtown. I was like, Jill, do you know anyone? I was I, like obsessed with murals. I was like, just like Instagramming, saving murals. That's all I was watching on Instagram. And I don't even like to be on Instagram. I just posted, like, I just don't have a lot of that sort of time. Um, but I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to paint one so badly. And uh, I was just like, I'm going to do it. I took a Be Brave day, which I talk about in my book, totally like on those days where you're feeling like super brave and like you're on top of the world, capitalize on it and ask for as many things as possible. <laughs> because tomorrow you might not feel that way. So I had a be, be brave day like moment and I messaged Jill. I was like, do you know anyone with downtown who's looking for a mural? And she's like, actually John is. She like, it was an hour later, same night. She's like, mm -hmm. John is, I'll give you his number and email. And I was like, oh, okay. Just so you know, I've never done one before, <laughs> you know? And it did take John and I a long time to fall on our design, but that was okay. That mural is just amazing, though. I mean, we're definitely going to have to add some video footage um, to this episode because it is absolutely amazing. And I know you have drone footage of it, so we can really. Yeah, I'll send it to you. you. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, I didn't pay anyone to do any of those things. That is when you have incredible friends in your community that are like, Brandy, do you mind if I come today? I love that you're doing a mural. I didn't even know he did these. And I was like, me neither. And he's like, I'm going to, can I come film you today? I was like, yeah. And then Josh Colson just showed up like five more times. So the whole, the whole project is captured and he just shared it with me. And so I just, I was still doing all that custom art and I, Drew, he's like a beautiful person. Hmm. He was like a model. And so I just drew him in one of his amazing poses. And so we just traded. If you can't afford something, just trade. That's how I, when I wasn't, when I was trying all this stuff and wasn't making like, uh, like all that passive income. Um, and it's not like I'm ever sitting in a place where I'm like, yeah, I got it figured out and I just can sit and do nothing now. I'm always thinking ahead and I'm always thinking of expansion and, and going on to the next project and 
and uh, following through on my existing projects. But if you can't afford photographer or videographer, just or massage or dentistry, just trade. I've I've actually traded art for all of those things. So yeah, you just have to be like a hustler in the best way of the word. (laughs) That's how we got my first uh, podcast sponsor, actually. Just like a really solid trade. She's like, use a hustler. I was like, I know. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I was like, I didn't know what to think when she said that. And I was like, actually, that's, that's like, and she meant it as a compliment. I was like, you're right. I am actually. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine when you have time to sleep because you're a mom of three boys. And from all the footage that you share on Instagram, they look like they are 24 seven active. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I got cleaners. That was like my first big move of expanding. It was like, I don't need to do it all. I can't do it all. Like, and they still, I still clean like all day, all the time. There's still dishes. There's still cooking. There's still normal life stuff. And I love yard work. So I still do all those things. And that's what I love about balancing parenthood and and motherhood and just being a person Uh, because like it makes you kind of just take breaks and go to the next task because I would just be like obsessively working all the time and that's not good for anyone. So when you're doing yard work, you work out all your extra stress beans and, you know, Throw in a good audiobook while you're doing dishes. Uh, I, you know, I worked out, so I have cleaners once a week. So I'm not scrubbing toilets and bathrooms on a Sunday. Instead, mm-hmm. I'm making pancakes and then the kids are playing and I get some studio time and we have a family dinner together and my partner and I are hanging out. Like, instead of doing something we both fucking hate doing so much, which is mm-hmm. scrubbing toilets and cleaning showers and sinks. I'm just like, I want to make enough so I can pay for cleaners. And then I get to make more art and, mm-hmm. and record another class or do a podcast and meet this incredible person instead. And I'll make it work. Every time I have left before I figured out how to make the money or how I was going to get there. I just left first. And Mm. then that was my first motivational talk. Actually, my first motivational speech was don't overthink it. So in September of last year, I got to go to New York for the, well, I've been to New York, but uh, to exhibit, no, I've never been to New York to exhibit artwork. PXP contemporary. She's like, I had messaged her. So also this is you're the only person who can do this is you. And that is also a chapter in my book. But the only person who can do this is you. You have to ask for opportunities. No one's gonna just like be like, oh, I see you're an artist. Cool. I love your stuff. Come exhibit with me in New York. Probably never, ever, like sometimes. Not saying it won't, but in my experience, I asked for that mural. I decided I wanted one and I asked for it and I figured out a way to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I messaged Alicia, but this isn't out of the blue. I had, I had exhibited with PXP in the past. I had communicated with these incredible women. 
they, it is a partnership. It is an exchange. I love what they do. I love their, um, I love what they've established and what their morals and values are as a gallery. And, uh, so it, I look at it as a partnership. So, and she looks at me as a partnership and we're both contributing something like never cold call a gallery, never, unless mm-hmm. you've been like creepily stalking them for a long time and you know that they exhibit portraiture and figurative work or affordable art or something that looks like yours. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I had, I was like, I have this idea for this new Taylor collection. Here's some of the work. Are you doing any art fairs in 2024? So I was like, way ahead in planning. And she's like, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> we don't know, but I am doing more art fairs and I'm going to um, one next spring. And so 2024, what you're talking about. And um, I'm already full for the 2022 um or she said 2023, sorry, 2022 year. I was like, okay, no worries. Uh, thank you. She's like, I'll keep you in mind. Thank, we'll chat soon, friend. Like, you know, just I'm like, okay. Like, so that could have, I interpreted it as like, oh, she either didn't want to take it, which is fine because that's her choice. That wasn't meant to be, right? Um, and, or, you know, she was telling the truth and she just is full. That's cool too, right? And two days later, get a message from Alicia. She's like, uh, JJ Galloway uh, Gallery um, is wants to share a wall for female figurative artists. Are you in? And I was like, uh, yeah, like 1000%. And then I was like, 1000%. And I messaged that before I like even thought about it. <laughs> like, um. <laughs> Okay. And I remember I was in the like winner's parking lot with all my kids. And I was like, yes. <laughs> just like, I'm like, I don't have any money. I just bought this. I needed a new Mac computer that edited video because mine was like swirling, the swirling. It was eight years old. It was huge. Mm-hmm. It was a great computer, but like computers change and <laughs> grow and technology also. And I had started a podcast and classes and I couldn't edit anything and all this, like no storage, no, like, just like, so I'm like, I had called Mac and I was like, what do I need for, I'm expanding. What do I need for all this stuff? And they're like, ma'am, you need a monster computer. And I was like, <laughs> I know, I know my, I needed a new Apple phone. I needed it, which I record from because it, mm. um, every camera it like tops the camera's capacity i was like oh so i just new phone new computer i was like my stores were empty but then i'm like i'm coming (laughs) i'm coming to new york i could have just sent my artwork by the way that was also an option but i was (laughs) like there's no way my art's going to new york and i'm not coming with it so because like i had seen myself with these women they're always at like Kat and Alicia from Create Magazine and PXP and the Art Queens. I had just like seen myself with them there at all like the art shows and the art fairs. And I was like, I just will be there one day. I just knew it kind of. And then it just kind of like came out of the, I 
technically asked for it, right? So go back to like, no one's going to do this for you. And I was like, I just bought, in, in fact, like half of that computer still on my credit card. So I haven't figured out how to do this. And then I had created that magical portrait class and my friend, Jesse, um, Jesse uh, Dahl Arch is her name. It's Jesse Dalquist, who also is a Milan Institute person, mm-hmm. uh, mentor and artist and took their mastery program. And she loved the portrait class. Like she was obsessed with it. And she was obsessed with my uh, stretching, not just that, but like my large scale scale processes with just like stretching on the wall. And it suited her process and technique well. Although our art didn't look the same, she loved the techniques. And so she just shared it and made this incredible testimonial and was like resonating with really hard. And she shared, and then like, it just went like, our followers were the same. So it made sense with our audiences. So we, you know, supported one another. And she, I was on vacation and she shared it. And then there was my New York trip was like a gift from the universe. I was like, I can go now, even though I already agreed (laughs) to go and booked my plane ticket, by the way. I was just like, I'm going. And uh, I also booked a really nice place to stay because I don't do. uh, I had been to New York as a student and I just didn't appreciate a shared bathroom. That's all. (laughs) I wanted my own bathroom and a big bed. And I knew what I wanted. I'm 36 year old woman. (laughs) <laughs> I can do anything and figure it out. I figured out the rest of this stuff. I surely, and it just did. I worked it, it, it all worked out. Like it'll always work out. I don't know what to, else to say. If you believe it, if you can think it, if you can write it down, if you can say it out loud, it's real. It can become real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't also, know. If you book it and you have to go, <laughs> it's like, also, right. Good pressure. Good pressure. Yeah. yeah I really so- appreciate you saying, um, putting it out there that it's not really all about just doing art all the time because I have a lot of, I'm a multifaceted human being and I have a lot of passions and um, I'm really passionate about the recovery community and, you know, recovery from grief and, Um, those things are really, really important to me. So I don't see myself, although I love to paint and I love to paint every day, I don't necessarily do it. There's some days that I concentrate on other things. And one of the things that our mentor, Jess Hughes, talks to us about is, you know, it's like a stool. You have to have at least three legs. And the more legs you have, the better. So I know mm-hmm. you have the online classes, you do the murals, what, and you have the podcast. Do you do other things too? Yeah, I don't like to tell people everything I do because they're like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I do. I tell people everything uh, if they ask <laughs> too much, actually, overshare. Um, so I actually, another thing that came out of the custom artwork debacle 
was I had done one for our local school system. I had, they did, they're like, we want an original piece of art. So we'll commission that. But every year we also want to print like 10 to 15 for our retirees um, or whoever's retiring. I was like, cool, great. And she, Melanie came to my doorstep to pick up the custom artwork. And I was talking to her and I loved to chat and she was so great. And also she's a listener of the podcast and she like loved my book, like a believer in me. So sweet. And so she comes to pick it up to my door and I was like, you guys have hockey academy and you have basketball academy now, basketball academy at the school. I was like, why don't you have like an art academy? It's more applicable now than it ever has been before. Look how the world has shifted. Mm-hmm. Videography, photography, art licensing, just creative skill sets in general, music, anything. We've turned to the arts like we need them. These kids need it. I've I've gone through so much grief in in the midst of in the midst of becoming a parent. I lost my mom and father-in-law at the same time. We're like I used it to heal. And right. like this is a safe space. You need it for these young people and like think about it you guys need that and she's like yeah you're so right I'm like I am okay have a good day see you later Mm -hmm. like I I think you should have it and then I got an email a week later from Todd Robinson the head of LPSD he's like I'd love to sit down and talk to you about your art academy I was like I don't have an art academy (laughs) Uh, I'm not even sure if I want one, like, I don't know. And so like, it was a two year process, lots of meetings, lots of like, what could this be? What does it mean? You know, talking to people, inspiring people, like why I think art is important. And that came from the lessons of, like you said, you love art therapy. That's comes from me, you know, coming out of grief and turning to that connection with my children and seeing how empowering creativity is and how their confidence can grow through simply making art, how it's, and right now our mural is the truth and reconciliation mural for our indigenous community, how it can build bridges between two communities that have suffered from separation and racism and, and all these things. And like art is and by the way this was my mantra when I was like in that space of like I can do anything it's not happening yet and I don't know what I'm doing this is really scary of I just kept saying over and over my creativity is worthy and powerful my creativity is worthy and powerful and anytime I felt indecision at any time and by the way anyone can have it uh my mantra anytime I had like a conversation that like didn't work out or, and when it doesn't work out, it just wasn't meant to be, by the way, it Mm -hmm. just, it's opening the door to something that's supposed to be better. And you'll figure, you'll see it later. You just won't see it right now. So that moment is hard, but just keep saying your mantras over and over and over again, something where you feel it like so deep inside that it sends like tingles down your spine and like a gut feeling in your belly because by the way you think with your gut and your heart and your head they all are your thinking stations and um 
any, any sort of experience you have, you can feel if it's right or wrong. So that like, every time I say it, I, I think and feel like my creativity is worthy. It is powerful. Creativity has the ability to just do so many things and you are the vessel. You are the tool. So I, uh, started this art academy with young people in our public school system and I had volunteered and like I didn't have a lot of experience teaching I don't have a teaching degree I had taught before at like our local art museum and our I had been teaching figurative classes over the years at our college and and different things all without a degree by the way I have a BFA but not my MFA but my community believes in me so much. They somehow they're like, we're just going to surpass the fact that you don't have your MFA. I'm not sure and I'm they sure. said that it was okay. I was like, super. So <laughs> it's pretty, you know, your Instagram, what you've done, your life experiences are your portfolio. Write it down. Everything you've done. It's part of your CV. It's part of who you are. It's part of what you can build in your future. I'm going to quote someone, It uh, the greatest gift you can give yourself is to find something that you're naturally adept at and find out a way to make a living at it. Because if you do that, every day will be a play day. You're never battling upstream. You love what you do. And if you love what you do, why do you want to stop doing it? Mm-hmm. Judge Judy says that. Judas Susan Bloom. <laughs> I mm-hmm. love it so much. I say it all the time because it's the best. Um, and it's just... Yeah, it's it's so true. It's so true. And and when you think about your passion for um using your creativity as a gift and you're a vessel to others, like that is something that's really powerful. If you don't do it, if you don't do it and and when you're scared and when you're going to speak about something, I'm not the best public speaker, but if I don't say it, they won't hear what I have to say. They won't walk away from this this conference or this, you know, gathering without, um, feeling inspired. And so when you're a vessel to teach someone something, when you're a vessel of, um, just like giving that information, they'll never receive it unless you bring it to them. So Mm -hmm. there's so much power in that too. Mm -hmm. Is that like our time's up bell? Sorry. (laughs) That's okay. So I, (laughs) um I wanted to ask you about that because I remember you were talking about this art academy um probably on your podcast and you mentioned about uh trauma healing for the kids and that is something really near and dear my heart um because I'm an adoptive uh mom of a of a kid that has pretty significant um post-traumatic stress disorder And so I was just really wondering, like, are you working with psychologists and other people in the art academy or are you taking a more casual, um, you know, kind of art therapy um, approach? I know I wanted to do some um, right now. I'm just because our community is so small, I actually don't know another art therapist in my area. So because there isn't one. So. I wanted to personally, but again, I can't do it all. I do want to take art therapy training. Um, I've read through 
Leah Guzman's art therapy, art and manifesting and healing. Um, so I've done research in that area myself. I'm not a certified anything. So never would I like approach a child who's gone through trauma and try to be like, I know what I'm doing and I'm going to help you through it. Like all I can do is give them um, the tools that I know. And that is every, so with the curriculum I developed, every curriculum will give them um, the ability to make art at home and or turn to their art for self-expression. Um, art is just like that. So that's, that's, that's what the coolest part about it. Every class I start with making space, I can't call it uh, meditation because of some people's cultural beliefs. So, and I want to be inclusive and thoughtful about uh, each individual person. So I call it making space and every day we come into Art Academy and we make space. So whether it's I put on music and we sit for five minutes and I'm like, how can you be kind to yourself today? Uh, is there something this week that's like hold you're holding in? Where do you feel it in your body? And mm -hmm. then we write a poem about it. We can shit. Some of them want to share. Some of them wouldn't share at all. Um, and we go on walks, we go on like a six minute loop. Um, so every day we come into that space, breathing, we start with breathing, um, and we start with coming back into ourselves and coming back into living in the present moment. Um, and like I said, like, I'm just learning too. But from what I've witnessed in personal experience, which I would never discount anyone's personal experience of working with my own children. And then like these children don't have this opportunity in school, like or counseling, like there's not enough funding for AIDS. There's not enough funding for counseling. There's not enough like um, there's just it's the resources are limited. So the fact that we even have this program is really Whoops, a really great gift. So I do my best to share with them what I know and giving them the tools that I know from experience and what I've seen does help. I'm not saying it solves anything, but for example, um, the, and this is more than one student, uh, we had someone who immigrated and she was like, I don't have any friends. I am struggling. And I hope in this program that I can, you know, find some other people who like art and like seeing her thrive in the program and, and, uh, make a home and, um, and be herself and just smile. That was really cool. So seeing that in the application-based process, then another student wouldn't even like enter in and felt like they were going to vomit. Mm -hmm. uh, and wouldn't talk, wouldn't interact at all to like coming through the program and like making a good friend from another school. Uh, in fact, by the end of it, they were teasing me. So in a way that like, <laughs> they're still teenagers guys. So they right. were making fun of me. Like, they're like, who does she think she is anyway, but going from, which is fine, but going from like being so uncomfortable, you can't be here to like, I feel so comfortable. I'm going to make fun of my own teacher, <laughs> sort of. 
So, which is, I'm like, if they've gone from like that to this, great. I gave them a sketchbook that they take home and come back with here and they're allowed to do whatever they want. They can show me their sketchbook or they don't have to. That is their sketchbook. Hmm. Um, if you just give them a little bit of your time, space and energy, there's really incredible things that you can show them and that you can see happen and they can just come right out of their shells. Like, mm-hmm. um, and so because I'm not trained in trauma programming to the beginning of your question, I am giving back $25,000 of this mural project coming back um, into creative trauma programming in our community. So mm-hmm. if that means finding and paying someone to come here, if that means uh, starting someone to, and have them get trained. I don't know yet. Like I said, I just kind of jump in and we'll figure it out. So through sexual assault services, through, um, like, uh, our native friendship center, whatever it is, wherever it's going, it's there, it's donate, it'll be donated back and we can on our community figure out the best way for this. I know 25,000, like $25,000, that is a whole bunch for me. That is a big, I know in the grand scheme of like fundraising and the way like health programs work and stuff like that, it's not, but I'm going to make it count. I'm going to make it count so hard. I'm really good at making something out of absolutely nothing. So I know that this will go a long way. And when I started caring about my people and my community, Mm -hmm. it was just like, wow. And just the incredible people I've got to partner and work with. It's just like hearing their stories and hearing how they're uh, working toward the community and how they're willing to support you too, because they know you'll do really uh, good things. Melinda Gates has a great, uh, she has a really good book. Um, is it called Moment of Lift? I think it's called Moment yeah, of Lift. Yeah, something oh. like that. Yeah. Uh, supporting uh, women in it's 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 I won't go into it because that's another podcast but like it's a fantastic book about supporting women and how they have the ability to like make a whole economy thrive when you support the women in your community so I actually have come across some like big business owners in my community who are adapting that who are adapting that mindset and that whole thing in their and, and I'm seeing other women rise in my community and we can do it together when we move past that competitiveness. And, and when we, it's, it's incredible. I, I, I could just go on and like, I'm just like blown away. I'm like, I actually don't know how this happened anymore, but I say that. And then I had this meeting with one of those people who was shifting his business. He's done this too in the last few years. And he's like, you can't say that. I know how you did. I watched you. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's like, people are watching you, <laughs> I guess, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, it's like, I know how you did it. And I'm like, oh. well, first you yeah. have to believe that you yeah. can do it. And then again, what you said before, it's a leap of faith. Totally. If you believe it, then you have to take the action. Mm-hmm. And once you take the action, it's going to happen. That's You'll what figure I figure out the rest while you're doing it. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. That imperfect you, action, you know, yeah. 
Totally. Go like 65, 85%. The rest will work itself out. Right. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. Like it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be the way you planned or the way you wanted it. But that doesn't mean it didn't mean something. And it can be more. You got to leave that extra wiggle room for it to become more Mm -hmm. and something else and to evolve into its own thing. And like I said, it will be, it will be better than you. Like you can, you can't imagine everything to the best of what it can be. Like it can be more and you got to leave that space for that. That's true. It just keeps getting better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm and you'll meet you a, you'll come across the incredible people who will yeah. show you that and tell yeah. you that it can be more, and be like, "But what if we do this?" And you're like, "Oh my gosh, good idea!" <laughs> right? Yeah. I was going to tell you one little thing. Don't be jealous, but I have a five-year-old granddaughter that comes over here and she paints, and then I can send her home. Yeah, I am <laughs> jealous of. Let me tell you, like, I'm so excited. I hope I get some granddaughters. I do. I'm looking forward to that. And because I said it, it will come true. I'm really hope discovery Lloydminster or discover. Yeah, that's what it's called. She's like, can I come film you guys or doing something? I want to feature your murals. And I was like, why don't you come to the bank on the 12th? Me and Michelle Lake are painting this, our faces there. She's like, okay, cool. I'll be there at one. I was like, great. See you then. She brought her daughter, Macy. And Macy sat with me for two hours cutting up paper. Yeah. What is this? That's what Brindley does. She will sit at the table for an hour and a half. And And she would just look at me and and I have it on my Instagram at Brandy Brandy Hofer Studios. And literally I have this reel and I caught her in one of the videos of her like looking up with me with a big smile and just her <laughs> eyes blink. And I, my sons came that day. My sons came, they ate my lunch and they threw all the paper magazines all over the bank and like ran around and pushed around chairs. Not once did they help or were interested at all in what I was doing. So, so yeah. <laughs> well, because they're I mean, all yours. I think it's different with your own kids, but right. oh my gosh, probably they're like, my mom just does this. She's not cool. Other kids think I'm cool. They're just like, yeah, <laughs> she's just. This is what we do every day. We'd rather watch YouTube. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. This yeah. has been an incredible interview. You've given us so much information. Uh, We definitely want to link your information into our notes, but as Mm -hmm. we're exiting, would you like to kind of tell people where they can find um, your information and about your book and all that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, So brandyhofer.ca. Yes, that is my Color Me Happy book. See your everyday ordinary is extraordinary. Uh, Mm -hmm. Color Me Happy is the name of our like education and learning, our podcast and our book kind of goes hand in hand. Um, and, uh, is where you can find my artwork, my original artwork and my BHA gallery, which I founded and, um, our online gallery, uh, which I didn't talk about at all. That's okay. Just one of those things I didn't mention. Um, but we do support other women creatives in the world, um, 
we didn't do an exhibition this year because of this mural project I'm doing has taken a lot of me and more. And so we are doing an art prize and a real exhibition in Europe next year. We're partnering with, with um, uh, Art Connect Society. And so brandyhofer.ca is where you can find all of this information. We're relaunching my new website soon in like two weeks that really encompasses what we do uh, because I had to expand. I, uh, when I originally created that site, like I was just selling art admissions and prints. And now it's become so much more with the podcast and the book and the education side uh, and, and the sharing and expanding, which is beautiful. So um, also at Brandy Hofer dot, or Brandy Hofer Studios, I did that twice, Brandy Hofer Studios on Instagram. Everyone will remember now. <laughs> Brandy Hofer Studios on Instagram. I'm really good at chatting and uh, instant messaging on there. Like, I will answer. I love making new friends. I think that I I will never be at a place where I I won't answer people back because everyone deserves uh, feedback or time or like I remember being in that place and reaching out to people and I still am in that place reaching out to people. So just know that I'm happy to chat anytime and. Uh, yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really grateful for you guys just sitting there patiently while I spoke the whole time. <laughs> it's such a joy to listen to you. And I want to um, just, you know, give the listeners a little bit of a plug. I've done your portrait class. I've done several um, portraits with that technique. I really enjoyed it a lot. I have not read the whole book, but I have definitely read the first um, 60 pages. And I know there's also an audio version of the book and there's so much like great life advice. It's like a really fun, um, to read a, a chapter or part of a chapter right before bed. It's very funny. Brandy's hilarious. There's even a cookie recipe in here that has black beans in it, which I'm definitely that. <laughs> um, yeah, I have to say, so visionary art collective, uh, they have a book club and they recently reviewed it and they broke it down, which I never thought that would happen. Uh, and like made it into a PowerPoint. And so they took all the self-help because it is self-help and they reflected. And honestly, it's so beautiful to see how, what like people took away and how they connected. Um, I never meant for it to be like I did, but I didn't think it would, they would resonate so much. And so it's been a very beautiful experience and, you know, empowering when you make something and people can feel like they're getting something out of it and it's helping them through their life. So that is pretty cool. So I'm glad, yeah, that you've, you've enjoyed it. Thank you so much for taking our class and, and taking the time to read um, and or listen to the book. So yeah, the audio is in there too. So awesome. with awesome. the book, it's free with the book. That's what I yeah. meant to say. Yeah. yeah. That's very generous of you. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you thanks a lot. It was great talking with you. That yeah. Thanks nice. for taking a painting break, John. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right.